And the idea of ending racism is associated with, okay, everybody needs to accept us in order for us to live a better life, to live a more equal life, to live, to be able to reach certain things. Um, I don't think that that's realistic. I don't think that, like you mentioned, that there's a world where everyone is going to accept us. And I also just don't think that they need to. As you think about um, being in a space now and a world now that is very market driven and that is also now very much wrapped up in our everyday world of looking at things and listening to things. Um, obviously, you know, these were developed perhaps at first to connect, but it has quickly marched into the territory of just being able to manipulate and condition us to then move towards purchasing a thing, right? And, and so do those people who are, and I'm going to focus on Black women creatives, um, are they aware of the ways in which the, I guess, the platforms or, you know, the various devices or the things that have been developed, even yeah, if we're taking thinking about technology, are they aware? Do they think critically about these elements? Do they incorporate that um, into, you know, whatever it is that they're doing? I think at this point, almost everybody feels it and they feel its effect on their creativity. Mm -hmm. um, when you look at the year of return and you look at everybody going back to Ghana and you look at everybody going to Kenya and South Africa and wanting to connect with uh, their ancestral homes, yeah. you'll notice, you have to really interrogate where does that desire come from? Where is that driven from? Why do people suddenly want to connect with yeah. where they're from yeah. um, or where they where they may be from. I think the answer lies in the fact that we are trying to live this very North American uh, a spiritual life that doesn't cultivate creativity or cultivate community within us. Um, and our bodies, our souls are craving something more. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I definitely I think it's something that people are waking up to for sure. Definitely the spiritual awakening is part of that journey and that process as well. And even as we begin our healing journey, um, you know, we know there's the first part, which is really the traumas that we have to face and release ourselves from. And then the next part is the awakening journey. And that's the transformation, the return. I call it the return to home, which is self. But I think as we return to self, there is this need to connect with community and there's this need to connect with the homeland and there's this need to connect with that spiritual place uh, where we all began. And we're all better oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say that we're all better creatives for it because yeah. we can't create quality from a place of being depleted. Yeah. Uh, we can only create from a place of restoration. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about mental well-being. Um, and how this generation, the Gen Z and the female creatives in this Gen Z generation are going to influence mental health and well-being? I think there are more conversations going on now about not just mental health, but overall wellness than ever before. Uh, there is more content, there's more information, there's more resources, there's more options. And I think a lot of that is being targeted at Black women, because we've been in need of this for generations, if we're being honest, and just now we're getting the access to 
the resources that we need. Yes. And so is there something that they are going to, some way that these women are going to participate? Are they just going to participate in the healing journey itself? Or are they going to participate in bringing others along? Are they going to participate by having their own techniques? What ways do you see Gen Z playing a part? Absolutely. So I see Gen Z already playing a huge, a huge, huge part in, in, in this and Black women creatives and Gen Z specifically. I just watched a trailer a couple minutes before getting on this call um, from Marseille Martin, the young um, Black woman actress from Blackish, who's now like being an entrepreneur and she has, she's like maybe 17 years old and she's producing her second movie and she's producing a show with Disney Channel. Uh-huh. Featuring his first all black family since I think it's 2008 or 2009. Like it, she's doing major, major things, and also simultaneously speaking a lot about like um, growing up as a black girl and wanting to have peace and not wanting to constantly, you know, be in war and and trying to do a lot of things for her community simultaneously, running simultaneously with her business ventures. And I look at her and I'm like, this is an excellent example of what the next generation of black women can do when they have the resources and the support to be well. So I see that that's a, a very celebrity example, but even in my personal life, I have so many friends who have gone on um, their own spiritual and mental well-being journeys, and most of them are creatives. And since they're able to separate now from some of the traumas that they've been through or acknowledge them or process them differently, now their mental space is cleared up so much. And even myself, I can say this, my mental space cleared up so much. I can think about other things now. Um, so I think I think it's I think it's major. And I want to say on top of this, um, this is not a Gen Z example, but I look at other black women who also advocate in the same space. I look at uh, Tracy Ellis Ross um, and what she's doing with Pattern Beauty. And she's doing um, hair care tech now, like um, black women, like blow dryers and, and those type of things uh, that are very innovative in terms of the technology that goes behind them and speaking simultaneously about um, what pattern is trying to present to black women in terms of uh, not being overloaded, knowing, knowing when to say no and releasing every product that she releases with a message oriented towards women and black women. And I look at those types of innovations and I say, that is where we're going. Yes. So do you think those, very popular, you know, commercialized individuals, do you think they represent the everyday experience? No, not at all. But I do think <laughs> that I, I do think that it's, it is interesting to see, yeah. because they often say like art imitates life. Yeah. Um, so I think as we see certain shifts happen, um, on a broad level, it will sweep into Hollywood and into everyday people, but the manifestations will be different. But I do think sometimes these things are symbols to say, okay, we're in a different era now than we were before. So talk to me about the everyday experience of the woman who's creative and wants to make this a business, right? Uh, Is there room for every kind of creative to become a business? Is there room for every kind of creative to become a business? Yeah. Yes, I think yes, absolutely. Um, But I have an an interesting perspective on that. I think that in order for us to, in order for us to build impact, 
uh, it's going to take a lot of collaboration. And I think the best way to think about being a business is that you're always in business for yourself. Yeah. Even when you work for someone else, you're always in business for yourself. Yes. Um, and I think those relationships that we create um, help to, you know, fortify our, our personal businesses. So not everybody may be a literal business owner and not everybody may be an actual entrepreneur, but everybody has the ability to be in business for themselves and, and, and create that way. So are creatives in politics? Yes, uh, not as much as they should be. Uh, I think if we had more creatives in politics, we would have more innovation going into our policy. I think we'd have uh, stronger, more um, effective ideas being pushed out if we had people who are willing to think more creatively. Um, but it's hard for creatives to function in certain spaces. It's hard to function in spaces that are based on bureaucracy when you're a creative, because you're like, I want to do, I have ideas, I'm a visionary, I have things that I, I want to see manifest. And then certain spaces like politics, it's like, okay, you have this idea now, you might be able to see the 1% of it 10 years from now. So it, it's hard, but I think they should be. And yeah. in a in a culture that, honors science and you know really puts that very strong emphasis on science um how does it influence then the the creatives among us i think that there's a world where science and creativity conjoin yeah and I think that our modern understanding, science has been a very resistant space. They're not open to new ideas. Mm. Uh, I was watching a documentary literally the other day and the man was like an archeologist for over 30 years. And he's like, this is what I found. Mainstream science is not willing to accept any of it because it's very resistant to change. So I think it's hard uh, in any space, be that politics, be that science, be that corporate Canada or corporate America, uh, that is very bureaucratic and very structured that way for creatives to really come in and make impact in the way that they can um, because they're not structured for change. And I think creatives operate best in spaces structured for change. And sometimes you just have to create your own space in order to do that. So I love that. Um, creatives, you know, they operate in spaces that are structured for change. And so if we are going to then accelerate We've been experiencing racism forever and a day. I don't know if that it will end, you know, yeah. that the poor will always be with us. And so I also wonder about, you know, if, even if it's not black people in a racist kind of state, then is there another group that then steps in and that's the next, you know, experience of oppression or whatever the case may be. But especially in the place of ending racism, black women certainly have a part to play. And Black yeah. creatives have certainly a part to play. So what do you see as that part? Or even as you think about your own life, what's what's the part that you have to play? Okay, ending racism is a very interesting idea. <laughs> and I don't think, even in all the advocacy work that I've done, that my goal has ever been to end racism. I think... Pardon? What has it been? I think my goal has always been to um, uplift and change the lives and experiences of Black people. And I, the reason why I say those things are different yeah. is because I think often the idea of ending racism is associated with 
okay, everybody needs to accept us in order for us to live a better life, to live a more equal life, to live, to be able to reach certain things. Um, I don't think that that's realistic. I don't think that, like you mentioned, that there's a world where everyone is going to accept us. And I also just don't think that they need to. Um, I think that we need to um, promote better living conditions for Black people, which means encouraging accountability, um, where wrongs are done towards us, um, uplifting us in the marketplace and entrepreneurship and education um, and creating opportunities for us. Um, I, that, that would be more so my, my way of looking at it, but still to answer your question, I think that our role in that is again, to be those, um, idea makers and to be the people that come up with, okay, how do we creatively structure our, uh, neighborhoods, our communities, our families to be able to, um, promote better living for, for all of us. I look at people like Mayor Aja Brown in Compton and what she did, knowing that her constituents were mainly Black and racialized people and how she was able to, um, over the course of a couple of years of being mayor, change so much about the economic and social conditions of Black people living in Compton um, through, in my opinion, being a creative. 